Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsors. When I first went into business, I found out in a hurry that it was lonely at the top. If you're a CEO or business owner and you're feeling lonely at the top, then I'd like to invite you to join us at our Action Coach membership community. It's a community of like-minded business owners that help each other, build each other up, sometimes push and pull each other. If you'd like to learn more, just reach out to me at billgilliland.actioncoach.com, book a session, and I'll give you all the details. Welcome to this week's episode of Epic Entrepreneurs, powered by Action Coach Growth Partners, where we teach you how to make more money, build better teams, and find the time to do the things you went into business for in the first place. Before we get started, I'd like to talk to you today about community. Everyone wants to be part of something. And when I first went into business, I found out it was lonely at the top. I was young. I didn't really have any friends doing what I was doing. There was no one out there building businesses. It would have been nice to have had a community of like-minded business owners to work with. It's still lonely at the top, but it doesn't have to be. You see, you can join with us. You can join our Action Coach community. We meet every month in person for education, for planning, to find inspiration, for peer-to-peer coaching, to make a commitment, to get results. If that sounds interesting to you or to find out more, just reach out directly to me, Bill Gilliland. I contact infos in the notes, or you can go to billgilliland.actioncoach.com and book a strategy session with me. And now, on to the show. Hello, this is Ryan Marshall. I am uh, excited to be uh, chatting with Bill today. I am a real estate agent here in Asheville, North Carolina. I cover most of Western North Carolina. Anything within an an hour or sometimes two-hour drive, really, there's a lot of distance to cover. Uh, I specialize in all types of real estate, uh, from first-time home buyers. I work with a ton of investors and a lot of mom and pop investors looking to maybe build a portfolio slowly over time. We set goals. I help track them. Uh, I do the same for uh, sellers. I take a no-nonsense approach and uh, upfront. And I pride myself on kind of identifying the hurdles in real estate for folks. And I'm always looking to chat with people. So I'm excited to be on the show and uh, put myself out there. I'm also the host of The Real Deal uh, here on Biz Radio. You may have heard me there before. If you haven't, uh, be sure to go over there and check it out on the bizradio.us website. Uh, Bill, thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for being here, Ryan. Um, let's reel it back. You haven't always been in real estate. Give us a little bit about you know your business background and how you ended up in real estate. So, yeah, that's correct. Real estate's kind of, I guess, my midlife uh, uh, switchover. <laughs> to be honest, most people don't start out uh, in real estate, which I, I find interesting. You know, not a lot of people come directly out of college or out of high school and, and go to real estate school. Uh, I started off in the service industry uh, as as a teenager. You know, my mother owned uh, gift shops as a child, so I come from an entrepreneurial family, uh, and I work there as from a very young age, uh, I can remember being so nervous talking to people. It's funny when you're on your first job and you say hey to somebody that walks in the store, and when they don't say hey back, you feel like this sense of rejection. So <laughs> learning <laughs> learning how to get over that at an early age, uh, I got into restaurant work. And really in restaurant work, I've done everything from fast food to fine dining for years. Uh, I moved around a little bit throughout the southeast. I wanted to travel, so I would just hop to a new town, find a serving job. You know, 
go to work. When I got tired of it, skipped to another town. Uh, ended up here in Asheville about 20 years ago uh, doing some restaurant work. Got into restaurant management. Uh, did, did a good bit of work up at the Grove Park in and uh, eventually bought my own bar, uh, Bar and Grill. I'd, I'd like to say restaurant, but I'll be honest, it was a, it was a bar. But the pub food style was was great. Uh, ran that for a couple of years until uh, my wife at the time said, uh, this just isn't the life for us. You know, late hours, uh, we were open from 11 to 2 a.m. So it was just, it was a lot to cover. Uh, but I made out like a bandit on the deal uh, after that, uh, kind of, Took some time off, thought, what do I want to do? Uh, couldn't quite figure it out. I got into uh, executive recruiting in the construction industry. So I was on the phone all the time, working the phone. Uh, I was actually uh, working a, a territory down uh, Alabama up to Tennessee, over into Georgia. Uh, but I actually had a lot of fun with that. You know, the office environment was fun, chatting to new people. I always love to chat to new people. So uh, real estate just felt like a, a good fit. I had a, a lady that uh, ran a large real estate team up here in Asheville, asked if I would come over and help her with a coaching network for teaching um, ISAs or inside sales agents uh, how to work the phones. And then we expanded that into working with different teams across the U.S. So I was actually doing real estate uh, type sales uh, before I was licensed. There's only so much you can do in this state without a license, but I was coaching you know, uh, different scripts and how to work the phones and things of that nature, which, you know, ultimately just led me to, you know, Hey, I should get my own license and, and get going in this. And, and, you know, that's where I am today. Uh, I do feel like I carried a lot of that uh, service industry aspect with me. So one of my biggest or hardest adjustments moving into real estate, I guess, is that if somebody asks me something, my initial gut reaction is to say, yeah, of course we can do that. Or yeah, right away. Um, which I kind of had to tone back because in real estate, it, it, I can't always make it happen, you know? So um, that's been a little bit of an adjustment uh, for me to overcome. But um, I, I, I traditionally find that, you know, if, if you're open and honest, set the expectations, see the hurdles, set the goals and maintain good relations with uh, particularly with other agents, attorneys, lenders then then you can pull some strings and, and you can make some things happen so there's a lot there so yeah i went on and on and on i'm a talker no 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 it's great <laughs> that's well you're obviously like people and so this seems like a good thing but i, I want to reel it all the way back to the gift shops and maybe I'll, i'd like to get some lessons that you've learned along the way uh so maybe maybe if we could could break it down like what is what is one or two lessons that you learned from the from the from the gift shop well from the gift shops i, I tell you my what pops into my head uh first is um as a young child it was the first time my mother would never like if you were at the store you were standing up yep. even if nobody was in there so um because if somebody were to come in they don't want to see you sitting down because if they do, then you stand up and it, it gives a subconscious. It makes them feel like they put you out or, or that you weren't excited and welcoming. So we always had to stay standing. And I can remember um, how much your feet hurt when you first get used to standing up for that long. Right. Uh, as, a, as a young, as a kid, you wouldn't think, you know, you think you're young and spry. You run around and walk around. And, but, you know, in school, you do a lot of sitting. And, and if you are out and about, you're, you're walking or playing or running. You're not just standing. 
so I, I can kind of remember that like, wow, um, this is what it's like to just stand all day. Uh, but we stay busy too, you know, cleaning shelves, rearranging things, stuff of that nature. But the biggest thing I learned to overcome, I guess, was that interaction with strangers, you know, how to how to read the cues to where if they wanted you to help them almost like a personal shopper or if they wanted to be left alone. Um, so I think the biggest thing I learned from that is kind of reading the the type of uh, client that you might have in the store or customer that you might have in the store uh, and 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 kind of determining what it is that is going to give them the best experience or, or what their style of communication is, how, you know, uh, how much they want to take part in an interaction with you. Yeah. I always say that everyone should work a retail job just so they learn how to read people. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, can... I think it's awesome. All right. So then to get in the hospitality industry uh-huh. and you ended up owning a bar and grill, give us some lessons from owning a bar and grill. Well, so I went from my first job in hospitality was a Burger King alumnus. I worked uh, nice. uh, fast food for a little while. Uh, and, you know, this is when I was much younger and ended up uh, getting into uh, a job at a Mexican restaurant. I actually started as a dishwasher uh, at a Mexican restaurant, uh, Tijuana Fats. Up in, this was in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. And so I started as a dishwasher, and within a year, I was uh, one of the, an assistant manager. I was a manager. I went from dishwasher to cook to manager, uh, and then I learned the front of house uh, basically uh, in the wintertime when you know clientele dropped tremendously to keep the management staff on board. We would pull like serving shifts and things like that, you know, because uh, we were having to cut costs on payrolls and bartending. And so I learned that aspect. That, that was kind of my first experience with the front of house. But the only reason I'm saying all that is because I actually learned uh, every aspect in a restaurant from, you know, there's not a position in a restaurant that I couldn't do from managing books to waiting tables to bartending to cleaning bathrooms, washing dishes, cooking. I had, did a lot of cooking in restaurants. I was kitchen manager of a cafeteria at one point. Um, so... You know, with that said, when I first got into owning a bar, it's one of those things where I set my mind to it. And I think it's important that people think about this. I think if you you set your mind to decide something you want to do and then you watch for cues and opportunities will present themselves, you, you have to be able to recognize them. But I was over my head. There was a lot of things. There was a learning curve to it a little bit, even though I had years and years of experience. Um. But I would say the number one thing about owning uh, your own place as far as hospitality is uh, just a humbleness. You know, you got to be grateful for the clients that come in. You can't be like, oh, I'm the owner. You, you know, there's that old uh, saying, like, if you uh, if you find a guy plunging the toilet in the bathroom of the bar, that's probably the owner. Uh, and, and, and that was kind of true. You know, we worked a lot in there. Um, we didn't have a lot of running capital when we first bought it. And we were trying to kind of maintained the current clientele that was there while expanding into a new clientele. So it was this big balancing act uh, of slowly making things better. Uh, we, we couldn't really uh, uh, afford to do, like, do a shutdown and a remodel and a rebranding because we did rebrand the name to something, something else. And so I had to learn to walk that line and balance out 
like bringing in a new type of clientele while still keeping the old clientele happy to, to increase sales. And with a bar, like a neighborhood type bar where there's uh, a, a good handful or large amount of regulars and now you're bringing in uh, new folks, that can be a little bit of a difficult task. So there's a lot of politics, uh, if you will, with the, with the clientele as far as um, keeping the community together and making everyone feel welcome. You know, my, my whole thing was uh, if, you're not, if you're not ready when somebody comes through the door, then they probably won't come back. So even though we had some slower time periods, you had to stick to the hours posted. If, even if nobody's in there, if your hours say you're going to be up until 2 a.m. and you hadn't had a client since 12, you know, I'm still going to stand there and wait in case somebody comes in. Because it only takes one time for somebody to come by. You'd be closed and they're not going to make that drive the next night or the next weeknight. And we slowly built it up that way. Yeah, that's a. there's a lot of lessons there. I mean, along the way. So, but I like the gratitude piece. You got to be grateful for your, for the people who do come in and you got to be ready when they do come in so that you can continue to, uh, to serve them. So let's get into the real estate a little bit. Uh, I mean, from there, it seems like you went on to some, I mean, along the way you've, you kind of did everything with some, um, uh, you know, high end, uh, all the way from fast food to very high end restaurants. That's, that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, so you kind of learned all that. Now you, now you, so you, you, you do well, you, build the thing up I, did you sell the did you sell the bar is, is that what happened or what happened? yeah so we put the bar we actually sold the bar uh we I sold it to somebody i knew uh it was one of those things where uh he had mentioned like you know if you ever if you're ever going to sell this place you need to let me know first uh and we had brought in somebody at the time to kind of you know evaluate the value of the bar and things of that nature and then um you know I offered it to a gentleman at a certain price and, you know, he, he took it on and he was excited for it and still uh, doing very well, very successful with it. Um, and we, we did well, you know, we were almost, uh, we would have been within the next six months or so completely debt free from the purchase of, of the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we ran a super tight ship. Uh, we were able to sell it for um, a fairly large amount over what we, initially uh, purchased it for uh including the money that we that we put into it so it was a good venture overall i know that uh hospitality can be tough a lot of people lose uh lose big uh in in trying to work that dream just due to uh there's so many moving parts in the hospitality industry from uh labor and staffing to everything's perishable you know in retail things aren't uh aren't aren't perishable the way they are uh, when you place orders and things don't sell, maybe business takes a hit. You know, maybe you have some snow days and now all the chicken wings have gone bad. You know, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, and, and so, the, and the profit margins slimmer on a lot of that, uh, a lot of those things. Uh, you know, I used to always tell people uh, before we get into real estate, as far as, uh, and I'm not going to say it's this way with every business, but as far as hospitality, as far as restaurants go, um, the business model, like, and somebody's told this to me once, I don't want to take credit for it, but uh, making a place profitable, if you break it down, is simple. It's mm-hmm. very simple. It's just not easy. Just because something's simple doesn't make it easy. And I think that's where some people fall into a trap 
where, oh, it sounds simple and, and makes investments. And, and but, it, but then they realize, well, it's not easy. Uh, so, I mean, sticking to the basics and, you know, I always had this mentality. A lot of people even asked me in the, in the beginning stages of it, you know, what are you going to do if it didn't take off? And my answer was always like, well, failure is not an option. Uh, but I did believe when you buy into a dream, I looked around, you know, my wife at the time was kind of skeptical of it. And I, I told her at the time, there is nothing that we have right now that if we lose it all, I couldn't bust my rear end and replace it all within a few years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can always get more money. Right. And so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the way, the way I looked at it is, you know, uh, some people let the nerves get in the way of maybe getting into business for themselves or can't quite figure out how to do it. Um, and it can be complicated because the answers are kind of hard to find sometimes. It's it's like, you know, someone's out there that can tell you this, but you just don't know where to turn. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think having good advisors is, a, as as you know, being in the, then I, I'm in the advisor business, so it's good to have good advisors. So um, let, let's talk about real estate a minute. Was there real estate involved in the bar or was it just a business? So, you know, I had toyed around. <laughs> Uh, you know, toyed around in the idea of real estate. Uh, my wife at the time uh, had been toying around with it a lot more. Her brother uh, had actually been an agent. He was one of those rare agents that actually came out of high school, you know, read some Robert Kiyosaki books and was like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm skipping college. I'm going into real estate. I'm going to make something myself. And of course, he had some early trials and, and tribulations with that because he looked, he, you know, he still looks so young. It's, it's hard, you know, he, he said, right. you know, it kind of gave him that drive. Uh, and he got into, this was back uh, before 08, you know, he got into a lot of people were doing property flips and things like that. And he was, he, you know, he was very successful um, working investments as well as working with clients. And, you know, we had watched him do all that. And she was always inquisitive and asking questions and she was into real estate. So we had our eye on things. Uh, you know, we bought uh, our first house, uh, just after we got married. And it was one of those things when, you know, when we bought our first house, she was the one that was like, Oh yeah, let's just buy a house. And I'm like, Psh, buy a house. What, what are you talking about? I'm a server, you know? Um, and, and at the time she was, uh, she was doing some part-time work and, and staying at home. Uh, we had a, a little kid, uh, that was recently born and when we bought the house. And so, but it's amazing how, if you just say, okay, I'm going to do this how the doors will open up for you. And I tell people that all the time. We're out there renting properties thinking, Oh, I can't really buy, you know, I don't have this. I don't have that. It just, there's a mental mindset that, that makes people believe things are out of, out of reach or they're stuck in their current position, but they're really not. It's just about making the decision that this is what you want to do. Talking to the right people who can give you the steps to get there. And one thing will roll into the, to the next. And before you know it, you're there. Um, and you know, even if it takes, let's say a year to get your credit up, get some savings in, uh, first time home bill or home buyers, I'm still happy to, I, you know, I do, you don't, I don't work with many now, but I would set them up sometimes six month one year plan, um, touch base with them, you know, Hey, are you doing this and that, uh, set them up with a lender who can help improve their credit and really just setting those goals, deciding it's what you want to do. And then before you know it, you're like, wow, it's happened. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing. It's hard to get people sometimes to believe in themselves. So I love what you're saying here. 
I mean, you know, if it not at first, just a dream, right? I think Somerset Mon said that. Um, so, you know, have a dream, buy into the dream, believe you can, and then the plan will come together. So I love I love what you said there. That's that's awesome. So tell I'm interested. You said you do a lot of this with mom and pop investors. Explain to me what mom and pop investors are. So mom and pop investors would be, for instance, I'm currently working uh, with a, I have a client who we're going out and looking at homes currently. She bought her first home uh, over in Oakley uh, about a year and a half ago, and her plan is. When we bought that home, she bought it as something that she knew it wasn't her forever home. She knew it would make a good rental later. And so now we're going out looking for a home uh, for her that's going to be uh, a little bit closer to maybe her forever home. But really, she wants to find one that's going to be another good rental later. And so she's going to move out of this one, put that one on uh, up for rent for you know monthly rent not the short term because it's in town not the the airbnb everybody's talking about uh and then live in another one for a year and a half and then she'll come and and she'll trade up and buy another one and rent that one her goal is to get to four rentals and then the house she wants to live in um so this is like a long-term approach but she's still you know uh younger i think she's younger than me i mean she's definitely not in her you know uh fresh out of school or anything and that, so that's one way you can do it. The, the other way you can do it is if you have a home, uh, you can leverage equity in your home uh, to get a down payment. And a lot of people are, or even to buy a, a rental outright. Um, and the thing about when you decide to do that is a lot of people think oh, renting's a pain in the rear. But there's companies out there that will manage your rentals for uh, a nominal fee, you know, short-term vacation rentals, they, they, they take a bigger cut, but you're making a little more money and they're handling it. But if you, if you talk to an agent and make sure the numbers are right, you know, and you pick up a house, a new rental every couple of years, when it comes time to retire, you can either hold on to those for residual income. You can sell those off. You know, if you've bought uh, three or four rentals over your lifetime, uh, with appreciation and that rental incomes, you know, paying them down, then, you know, you can retire very wealthy uh, off those either, either that residual income or by selling off those four and just taking that cash in a lump sum. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I got a lot more questions, but it looks like we're getting close to the, to the hour here. So just real quick, you know, if you could sum up like one lesson that you, that you, or, or something nobody told you that you wish you had known before you got into business. I would say the biggest uh, lesson that I've learned is uh, to stay out of your own head when it comes to negativity, you know, believe something's going to happen and it makes the actions that you need to take to make it happen easier to do. Uh, and also, leverage leverage the communication with others in the industry that you're looking to get into ask questions pick people's brains um i think that if you ensure that you can always bring a little value back to that person you're asking questions to no matter what it is um as far as when i say bring value maybe you can do something for them in return maybe you can send them a nice email telling them how grateful you are. Uh, it was great talking to them. You know, you learned so much. Those little things 
the, the little things that you can do to really build relationships in an industry of business you're interested in will really pay off in the long run. Yeah, that's awesome advice. I've often found that you could just a lot of times buy somebody a lunch or a breakfast and they'd be happy to give you advice. Right. Um, yeah, it's not it's not hard. They most people want to give back. So there's there's your there's your wisdom from Ryan today. Hey Ryan, thanks for being on. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. We'll we'll do it again sometime. I'll bring you on yeah. my show. No, I'd love to I'd love to have you back. We got a lot more to talk about. So until next time, all the best. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Epic Entrepreneurs. Here's four things you can do. First, you can listen every week on Biz Radio, Mondays at 1. Second, you can subscribe to the podcast. Hey, you get it. The more subscribers we have, the more cool things we can offer you. Three, you can also go out and give us a five-star rating everywhere. And number four, if you'd like a free copy of my book, The Coach Approach, Five Principles to Build an Epic Business, just go to giftfrombill.com. It's your roadmap to building your epic business. That's giftfrombill.com. Until next time, all the best. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.